This is Simon Transparently Awakening the heart of humanity As we see beyond the lies And open our eyes to realize This is our time to rise Welcome everyone to another Simon Transparently And today I am with Laura, Laura Bolton um, Who we just found out She's also from the realms of the UK. She's from the South London. She said, I'm from London, London. So I don't know what that means, but uh, we'll go with that. I'm a little bit West London. She's a bit South London. So we're meeting. Um, and today, this is part of a, a series that I've been calling called New Self, New World, which was uh, that that term was inspired by a wonderful book by a, uh, a friend and a man that's been on this podcast, Philip Shepard. And as we're moving into 2023, um, I was very much uh, questioning my relationship once again. It's nothing new around social media. And this is how I came across this divine being, Laura Bolton, because for, I'd have no clue how it happened. But thanks to social media, <laughs> thanks to social media, we also met. So it's not all about gunning it down. But um, one of the things that really led me to her was this uh, social media liberation was a post that I saw and I started to explore a few of your other posts and I was really inspired. And then, you know, as I do, I just reached out and said, can we jump on a call? Here we are. So I'm sure we're going to speak about many different things, but that's, that's how I met you. So thank you, Laura, for saying yes and jumping on and welcome to uh, the podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I love having these conversations and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we go with the flow. We go with the flow. And uh, Laura also has her own podcast. And what I love about Laura recently is the, the thing she was sharing and I jumped on her newsletter as well. It's just, I felt like walking a slightly um, alternative path. It's kind of a full circle because there's so much happening in the social media realms, which, as you've said on your videos, is not just that's the only reality. And we all know that. But social media is really, you know, it's got a, a lot of focus over these last definitely four or five years. I know in myself, I've become very um, dependent on it on some on some levels. And and I was looking at my own relationship three years ago to Facebook and some of the others. So when I when I when I listened to you the first few years, ah, like, oh, a breath of fresh air. There's somebody else <laughs> talking about this. I'm not always just the random guy that's saying, now we've got this addiction and so on. But I was looking at myself. So first of all, thank you for that. But before you even speak to any of that, I'd just love to, yeah, feel free to just share how you're feeling now, what's alive in this moment. And yeah. What's, yeah, what's here now, basically? Yeah, well, I mean, for me at the moment, like I'm just in a very kind of creative mode and this has been helped significantly by getting off of social media. So I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm really able to create from a very um, authentic and kind of more original and deeper space. And I'm, yeah, just working on just so many new things and making new connections and um, just really stepping into that creation mode more fully. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that, of course. I've been reading some of your updates. So maybe we, we for everyone listening, it's just a little, uh, maybe a little backstory, brief backstory of, um, yeah, how how you ended up even being a, a a voice on social media and well actually this is for me because I'm getting to know you right now like what 
what was your initial drive? Like we all have a reason, right? I started social media for a reason. It's like everybody was telling me about it. I was not really into it. And I was like, okay, I want to go out there. And I started a, a, a talk show called Simon on the Sofa because I wanted to spread truth and I wanted to have these transparent conversations. So I'd be curious, like, what was your initial? Was it just, for, you know, what was it? What originally got you on the social platforms? Yeah, well, I think like many, many, many years ago, as I think nearly everybody did, I got onto Facebook because, well, it was Facebook and everyone was just doing it. Um, but I only ever used it really just for, you know, personal stuff, like sharing what I've been up to, you know, just the usual, the usual things. And that really shifted at the beginning of 2020. So at the beginning of 2020, when all of the COVID nonsense started, I I just it's it's kind of weird to explain, but it was it was like an activation, some kind of activation happened. Um, because on social media previously, I I was, you know, I wasn't super active. I was really afraid of speaking up. Um, so I had like very severe people pleasing tendencies and was very, very concerned with what other people thought, which I know is a problem for most people. And I just, something in me just ignited and I just felt like I have to start sharing stuff around what's going on out there in the world. So this was in, in 2020 and I did. And I just, it started with Facebook. So at the time I was only using Facebook and I started sharing all of this stuff. And that was a really interesting experience and somewhat painful experience because I received a lot of backlash and a lot of hate from that because most of the people that I was connected with prior to 2020 were buying into the government mm. narrative mm. and thought that I was insane right and so there was a period of time where it was just you know I was getting messages of you know, wishing me dead. I was getting messages telling me I'm insane. Um, people telling me that they're unfollowing me, which is really funny. I find it weird that people have to announce that they're unfollowing you. Um, and that happened. But then, but then something really interesting and awesome happened, which was I began connecting with people who were kind of on the same page as me. And so I had a lot of hate and lost a lot of connections, but I also began to gain even more. And my shares were um, pretty, you know, popular. There was a lot of engagement with them. And so I made a lot of connections, which I'm really grateful for. As you, as you said earlier, it, social media isn't bad. Um, there's good things about it. And I think particularly the last, you know, two, like kind of couple, well, three years, it has served a very positive um, purpose and enabled us to really share and help each other to awaken and also to connect with each other um, all across the world. And then I, in the autumn of 2020, I wasn't feeling Facebook anymore anymore. 
it just felt, I don't know, there was something about it that just felt really draining and toxic. And so I, I started a Telegram channel and I started using Instagram. And that has been my method of sharing content since since then. So we're talking the last two and a half years has just been Telegram and um, and Instagram. And the type of things I've been sharing has evolved over time as well. So in 2020 and into 21, it was very much about what's going on out there with the agendas and everything else. But then over time, it transitioned more into focusing on the inner awakening, which is really the work. That's the area of work that I'm in. Um, And I think that that is a natural shift that a lot of people were making because Mm. when once you're aware of the kind of unveiling of what's going on out there in the wider world there's a next level for me which is which is the the inner awakening and starting to look at you know look at ourselves and um yeah that's that's been an interesting journey and to see you know the different types of people you know in terms of some people are still you know even now still focusing on everything out there and not being willing to look at themselves and then there's others who who are and are actually using this crazy time on earth to really do the inner work and to evolve which is very cool so it's it's really changed a lot but um but yeah, I just, there was something in me that just said, you've got to get out there and just start sharing stuff. And I've kind of not stopped, even though the nature of what I've been sharing has changed, I've not stopped since mm. then. So it's been a kind of relentless and quite exhausting three years. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and what, uh, well, it sounds like you've also <clears throat> gone on that outward stroke then inner journey you know is that did it, it, it happen like that for you as well like was it first like out or was you like doing the inner work then you realize I need to speak my truth and reconnect with others or did that reconnecting and speaking your truth also take you to look inside like where can I really make real change you know is it is actually going to be just I've kind of said enough I know I'm one of your posts like how much how much can you keep saying once you've put it out there, then the people that are actually following you have received what you're sharing, right? Then this question is whether they take that or not, that's entirely up to them. And then now you're like, okay, let me look inside. I'd be curious, like, yeah, I'd be curious of how that shift happened for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say prior to 2020, I was already on on an awakening path. Um, It started for me a few years prior to that. Um, around my health so I I, you know was experiencing a lot of health issues and I kind of started to realize the truth about the allopathic medical model and pharma and all of that and and got into like holistic natural health and you know healed myself and all all of that kind of stuff and so I was already I would say on on the path but I think what started to happen in 2020 and beyond has really deepened and accelerated that process. And I think that that's the case for many, many other people. 
Um, so I was, yes, very focused on the external. And I think 2020 was the, the year for that. I think it was needed, you know, not to be talking about, oh, just doing the inner work, you know, but to, but to be actually talking about, okay, look, this is what's going on and helping other people to see. Um, and that was, a, you know, a big, a big focus for me. Um, but then I personally began to realize, oh, I need to, I need to do more inner work. I need to go deeper. And that's when I kind of in 21, I started to really transition into focusing on that for me, but also in terms of what I was putting out and the work that I was doing with other people. So yes, the, the awakening process had started. I wasn't fast asleep prior to 2020, but it was um, it was definitely accelerated by everything going on out there. And I think that that's natural because everything that's been happening is it's been chaotic. It's been intense. It's been stressful. Mm. And you get to a point where you realize actually all of this like anger and upset and, you know, stress that I feel about this is actually down to me. It's actually happening internally. And I can shift that if I address my, you know, my kind of inner, inner world. And so, yeah, it's kind of just gotten more and more so. And, and now I don't focus on any of the stuff that's going on out there, although the work I do is in the context of it. Um, but I just don't, I genuinely don't see the point in investing energy at this stage, three years in, talking yeah. about kind of looping and just going over the same thing over and over again, when the reality is that at this point, anyone who is following us on social media or is on our mailing list or knows us, they are already on a similar page. And if they're not, they'll have unfollowed. <laughs> yeah, right. They're already open to so many information. And 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 also, yeah, it's like a wave now. It's like a cycles. Everything's in cycles. <clears throat> so I remember back in 2012 or 20, 2008, actually, maybe 2009, 10, 11, that kind of that kind of time was also uh, another cycle of that opportunity to see. I call it that anyway, because I was then, that was when I was, um, let's say, introduced to a lot of the documentaries and the content about, like you said, big pharma, um, you know, health, food industry and you know, oil industry and so on. So that's when I went through my kind of like, oh, my God. So then when it, then, then when it, then that, you know, that, that then eight years up to 2020. And then we had this kind of like next like stint of it, where it was like, bang, now, now this, it's almost like look at this this is like a continuation and of course i'm sure I, well i'm pretty certain i know actually if we go back further than when i first was introduced to it you know i was asleep for a very long time so others were just finding finding these points of uh, awareness right mm -hmm. so that's that feels beautiful so it feels like there is a, a process that happens where it's like you get this kind of like opportunity to see it can get very as you said i like what you bring in and you mentioned this in your masterclass as well, but it can get overwhelming. It can get intense. It can it can be too much. People can get stressed. The mental health can go through the roof. It's like, who am I? What am I? What the hell is going on? Everything I thought I believed and the structures and society that I've been grown up in is all of a sudden, what? Completely none yeah, of this? Yeah, it's traumatic. Yeah, it's, it's traumatic. traumatic. Yeah, yep. it's 
a, a wait there who what now now my so-called best friends or peers are telling me this this is like what do i believe where do i turn right it's wild it's my brother calls it the wild wild west it is it's 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 <laughs> it, it's it's so true and it's and and as humans you know we are not designed to deal with the amount of change and information and revelations that that have been happening and it, as you said it has had a significant effect on people's mental and emotional health and i think it's that it's that pressure which almost forces us to look within mm-hmm. and so i see it as a really good thing because it's acted as a catalyst all the external stuff like the covid stuff has acted as a catalyst to push people to actually look within their own you know inner world and to do the work to heal because it has brought up a lot of stuff for people because when there's not a lot going on you know prior to 2020 of course we know a lot of this stuff was going on but it was kind of it was it was veiled and so most people just going around about their lives just plodding along and then this happened and it's almost just it it's it's brought up our trauma it's highlighted our conditioning it's traumatized us further it's stressed us out and people got to a stage where they're in a lot of mental and emotional discomfort and when you're in that state it's there's only there's only really a couple of ways to to go about it one is to just continue in that state and the other is to look at how to shift it and i think that's where really looking within and looking at ourselves um actually comes into you know into the equation yeah and and then seeing how seeing what other solutions and uh alternative options that we have because there are there are a lot more but when we're caught, when we're caught in that like you know fear state we're in the fight flight form freeze right we're in that whole whole um nervous system reaction then you know that's where it can be you know very uh, challenging and difficult to to realize that actually this is a this is an opportunity this is a great thing that's happening and now i have potential options of how i can transform transition yeah. move in a different way but that of course depending if you have people around you that even are aware of that or if you even are able to in your in your activated nervous system to make that that move that's a whole other story right and you mentioned earlier that you love psychology and 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 trauma. So, you know, I know you're sensitive to that, but it's uh, most most have just been in a almost and even still now. We spoke earlier briefly about like some people are still wearing masks. I mean, people are still in shock. People are still in freeze mode. You know, it's like the, yes. uh, have they even changed? It's like what the hell just happened? It's almost like did that happen? It's like a glitch. You know, we call it a glitch in the matrix or whatever. But it's like yeah. uh, what just happened. That three years did happen, didn't it? That did that crazy shit did happen, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like a it's kind of like a movie. It's very it's very surreal when you kind of look back at the last three years. And I often joke that if you had told someone a few years back what would be happening from twenty twenty onwards and all the crazy shit that would go down, 
you would just say that's ridiculous yeah, because it is so it is so insane yeah and yet it did happen but i think the point that you that you just brought up about you know solutions in a different way is very important because that there is a huge power in perspective you can hold the perspective that everything is wrong the world is a terrible place everyone is doomed or you can hold the perspective that this is actually a really good thing because it's forcing us to create a different way. It's forcing us to look at our inner world and to evolve, you know, in to heal our trauma, to address our conditioning and our limitations that come from that, and to evolve on a soul level. That wouldn't be happening for, I think, the majority of people who are now on the awakening path, if what's happened the last three years hadn't happened, they wouldn't be where they are on that path. So it's really served us, even though it's not been nice. And even though there's been suffering and it's all, you know, there's lots of negative stuff. It's actually served us because we usually have to be in pain in order to, to actually do the work to change. And I've seen this, you know, in my coaching business, I used to be a health coach. It's the same thing. People only start really addressing their health when they're sick. Yeah. Because pain creates the response, right? It's like, shit, if if I have a bruise come up in my arm, I'm like, ah, there's something there. I have to take, you know, I have to take stock of this, right? Yeah. It pushes us. It's, it's the same principle. It's the, it's the pain. It's the, the symptoms, whatever, which push us to actually make the decision to do something. It's also the same, for example, in a relationship. If you're in an abusive relationship, if it's just a little bit abusive, you're unlikely to leave. However, if it's very abusive and it just persists and persists and persists, then there comes a point where you will leave. And it's the same principle. The pain actually is the catalyst for the change, the inner change, which actually is what transforms our experience of life because everything is an, you know, we talk about reality, whatever, you know, the, the, the truth is that how we experience the world is, is individual. It's unique. It's down to what's going on in our, you know, in our mind, body, and soul. We, see everything through our own lens, through our own filtering system. And this is why you can have two people who will view what's happening in the world and one will feel one way about it, you know, like it's all doom and gloom and it's terrible and it's hopeless and we're all, you know, going to die. And then there's somebody else who can say, oh, this is amazing. Like, look at the opportunities it's giving us. They're seeing the same thing but their interpretation of it and how they're experiencing it is completely different. And so I often say we have nearly 8 billion realities on this planet because everyone has their own um, reality of how they see the world and also how they are experiencing life. It isn't, it's this way or that way. It's not black and white. It's, it's individual. Mm. And I think that we often forget that. And we we often see um, a lot of battling, especially online, with people trying to convince others how to see things. We want everyone we want everyone to see it our way because yeah. we think our way is the way. 
But is it really the way or is it just your way? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I say exactly the same. I just said it's like, you know, 7.5 or 7.9 billion. This is the multidimensional reality, no? It's because if we're all just playing with this quantum soup of a neutrality and then we're all projecting our thoughts and feelings into that to create a reality, then, of course, we're dancing with that. Even, even one being has multiple realities in the one being, right? It's like there's multiple perspectives playing out just in one being, so yeah, yeah exactly. It, it, but, then, but then, but then that's also quite a trip for me. That's why I look at the trip of creation as that, as like, look what's manifested from a whole, you know, collective of 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 different projections into this field. I mean, look at look at what you see. I mean, it's it's vast. It's wild, and and it's like fractals within fractals, right? Because yep. you know, whichever way you go, you and I say we're into. I don't know, sewing, for example, you know, you go and follow the sewing fractal and there's bloody sewing conferences and old grannies meeting up and young people doing new crochet and you're like, wow, (laughs) it's a whole movement here of like sewing, like they all meet up at the weekends and and it's exactly the same on everything you can contemplate, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a wild trip. It's very wild and it's it's fascinating and and I just think that, I don't know, there's just like, you know, as we said, seven and a half to eight billion people, like there, there, there is just so much going on. Every second of every day, there is positive pro-human stuff happening and there is dark, dystopian, nasty, dystopian stuff happening. Yeah. It's all happening. It's 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 everything. And yeah. so whatever you choose to look at, and this links to the social media thing, if you're following all these accounts that are talking about the drama and the doom and the gloom and what the elites are doing, or call I call them the obsoletes, but what they're doing the now and Oh, look what Bill Gates said and all of these things. Like when you are focusing on your time and energy on that, your reality is going to be very different to someone who is following, you know, people who are talking more about the inner work and solutions and creating new ways of living and new ways of being. Um, And so the fact is both of those things exist. It just depends on what you're where your focus goes. Yeah. And so there's great power in that, you know, what you're what you're spending your time and energy doing. You are investing your your focus. Like yes. and and like what is the what is the what are you getting for your investment? Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I just jump in there with this um <clears throat> you may have said this in your video, but it's like where are we where we're paying attention. I mean, everybody's paying for our attention. I mean, that's marketing 101, right? Every single company, no matter who they are, is putting thousands, if they have thousands or hundreds of thousands or whatever, into systems that support people to grab their attention. So our attention really is, I always say this too, I say the power is in you. You are the you are the, the being that people are wanting attention from. You are your choices are your power, right? Yes. That's what you're exactly. that's what you're that's what you're pointing to. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, we and we yeah. own like we if we want to be if we want to be free and kind of like not comply, we really need to own our minds, which includes being mindful about where our attention goes and realizing that 
what we look at very much determines our reality. And so we have a lot of people in the awake, I guess they call it the awake community, who are not in control of their minds and emotions at all. They are allowing themselves to be manipulated by social media, which is exactly what the so-called controllers want. They want you consumed. They want you panicking. They want you feed. You're feeding. Everything is energy. So you're feeding it with your energy. The more you talk about it, the more you are feeding it. And when you're trapped in this kind of like constant need for information, which is what social media has engineered in us, it's this need to know more and more and more. And so I know of people who spend hours a day still watching conspiracy content that they already kind of know, but they're addicted. There's a level of emotional addiction, addiction to stress and chaos and drama, which is at a subconscious nervous system level. So they're not sovereign. They're not free. They're not owning their, their, their mind body because they are allowing it to be controlled by something else. And that has been a big part of my um, journey is really reclaiming that, that power and, and knowing that I have choices and right. those choices all have consequences. Yeah. Cause it's seductive, isn't it? Like, like whichever way you look at it, if you look at it from a, if we dive into the psyche of the pain, I, I use the term pain body. Yeah. Maybe you'll call it trauma or the wound. Yeah. I call it pain, pain body as pain well. Pain body, yeah. Right. Right. So, we, so I use the term pain body and whenever I'm working with my own or I see others pain body, I'm, I'm looking at, the addiction to drama and and the uh, the adrenaline release that is created through that addiction to drama and i've always asked i'm sure you may have asked this question too laura but i was always like like what fascinates me so much like why this dramatic story can get so much interest and attention and focus and yet this beautiful story over here which is all about you know the joy, the love, you know, this like this potential. It seems like, but love is of course the most powerful force. This joy is powerful, but but it seems that people just want that juicy drama, that gossip, you know. And when I started to look into oh, yeah. it, like the gossip is like, oh, so and so at 54 just had another lover go in at 12 <laughs> last night. And everyone's like, oh yeah, I bet she was up to no good all night. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the the, the bullshit and the lies that get added onto the fodder of drama and gossip is is immense. And I love what you said. If you don't see that for what it is and claim your power back from it, you are seduced and sucked in, and you used the word fed on earlier, but you're feeding on that, huh? This is real feeding, energetic yes. feeding 101. Oh, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And, and it is fascinating. And I, I think there are a few, there are a few reasons for it. Um, I think from a just from a kind of deeper evolutionary perspective, we are wired to look for danger. And yes. to look for the negative, yes. we, you know, psychological, you know, studies and stuff have shown this like time and time again, people are on alert from a very deep kind of um, evolutionary primal, primal perspective yes. to 
to notice the negative and to and to be on alert for the negative. So yes. there, there is that. And we can't deny that because we are human as well as like, you know, soul and spirit. We are still human beings. Um, and so there is that. But then there's also some other things which I've um, kind of observed and concluded over the last three years. I think one of the things is we our nervous system um you know from a sort of neurobiochemical perspective looks for what's familiar so if we had a lot of for example chaos and stress in our childhood or you know through our life even though it's not good for us our system will you know a sort of nervous system like subconscious level will seek out stress and drama and chaos to give ourselves that kind of high because it's what feels familiar even though it's not good for you it feels familiar and the the body is always trying to feel safe and familiar means safety and it's a, it's tricky because your nervous system will seek out this drama but then afterwards it doesn't feel so good yeah, so, so it's, it an, it's of, like an illusion of safety, right? It's it's a false sense of safety that you're pointing yeah, to. Yeah, but on a deeper soul level, on a more of a heart kind of inner, like mm. deeper level, it doesn't feel good because it, it's not our true nature to be focusing on drama and stress, even though from a primal level we we would we would we would be on alert for danger. The danger isn't actually danger. Because on a right. primal level, it's more danger. For, we've evolved, you know, danger from being attacked, danger right. from the elements. But now our system perceives someone disagreeing with us as danger, right? Yes. So it's a very complex, a complex thing. But there is an addiction. This is why I think so many people are addicted to the um all of the still three years in now addicted to the conspiracy content, but also addicted to outrage. There's a lot of like, you know, you share something online and I've experimented with this myself, actually, like over the last couple of years, I would share all this stuff about the inner work and stuff that's empowering and solutions and new ways of being. And it would get very little engagement. And then I would share something about, oh, look at the next threat. And everyone would pile on and I'd have hundreds of comments, hundreds of shares, so much engagement. And I would observe this like time and time again. And it was very interesting to, to see that happening because you can make observations and conclusions from what you what you experience, like what you're actually seeing and the behavior is what tells us a lot, you know, and the behavior is people love to like have, as you said, gossip, something dark, yeah. something, something that's shocking people. You know, I, 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 um, I read something recently and I can't remember where I saw it. I read so many things. Um, and it was saying about how the most popular content um, on platforms, you know, like Netflix and Voodoo and all these streaming kind of services is about serial killers and yeah. crime. Yeah. 
the, the 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 number of people that are obsessed with learning about these dark dark things is it, it's really interesting yeah. and then you offer as you said you offer like look at this amazing stuff and it doesn't seem to interest people very much um but the other reason i think that there is quite a lot of engagement with all of this this stuff and the drama and the outrage and debating it and arguing about it is it actually offers us something which we have a very deep human need for, and that is belonging and connection. Doesn't mean it's healthy connection, but when you're able to bond with others over outrage and over something that, you know, is kind of shocking, you are actually seeking a sense of of kind of connection and belonging. Um, and this is what social, this is one of the really damaging things I think about social media. Although social media has been beneficial for me in terms of making initial connections, it doesn't actually offer you meaningful connection. Mm. So yes, you know, for example, you and I have connected because you saw me on social media, but yeah. our actual our actual connection which is what humans need is happening now. Yeah. It doesn't totally. happen it doesn't happen through just seeing social media posts no. or engaging in a post and it's like oh lots of people are in, lots of people are commenting on this post so I'm going to comment too and then others will like your comment and you kind of feel like you're part of something. Yeah. And I think this is you know this sense of co- connection belonging community um there is a big piece of that I think which relates to the focus on the problems and the you know the evil or whatever in in this world um and I think that having had many conversations with people since I announced that I was leaving social media all telling me that they were really struggling with it they did say Oh, I'm on. Most of them said I'm on here because, like, I I need community. Yeah, but it yeah, doesn't connection. actually it doesn't actually offer you nourishing, meaningful connection. It's an illusion of connection. It's a yeah. shallow connection. Yeah, and so that you know, all these people are telling me, oh, I I, I need if I leave, I'm I'm not going to feel connected. Yeah, And then that is a sign of a deeper issue. You know, if we're not feeling connected to ourselves and we're not making connections in real life, right. then of course we're going to be seeking it, um, seeking it elsewhere. And so it's, yeah, I think it's kind of multifaceted and complex, but those are some of the observations that. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's very, yeah, it's very, it's very layered because <clears throat> And it's, it's this thing around addiction, though, with, uh, I mean, Gabor and some of the others, Thomas yeah. Hubble and many others are out there at the moment looking at this kind of trauma on a personal, you know, personal trauma, collective trauma. And then we look deeper at addiction. We know that addiction is just a symptom for something much deeper, which is yeah. the trauma that's not being accessed. So what you're yeah. what you're pointing to is really, and even me when I'm pointing to the gossip and, and so on, I, I know now, of course, that when I look at somebody and I know they're gossiping and they're in drama, I know that deep down inside there's a, you know, a five-year-old or a four-year-old or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old who didn't get the love they wanted and 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 is now thus, you know, connecting to these different ways of seeking. 
um, deeper communion, deeper communion with self. And we use the word community, community, communion, communication, right? And there was that, there was also that um experiment done though with the rats and so on and with the with the cocaine and they wanted communication. You know, there's so many like beautiful studies done now that actually we want what you just described, which is a deeper sense of connection. And then that yes. kind of leads us beautifully into the what you call the inner inner standing or the inner work, because let's face it. You know, I've got people sometimes send me a message. Go, yo, you got you got five thousand friends. Are you a friend of mine on Facebook? I'm going. Let's be real here. None of those friends on Facebook are my friends, right? Because like it's just called friends because it's the illusion that we have five thousand. One, I don't want five thousand friends. Two, I couldn't even have five thousand friends. And three, if we wanted the type of connection that a friend really gives, I mean, how many can you actually have? They do actually say on hand one hand, right? So four or five beings that you can have a real depth of bond with in your life you know maybe there's maybe there's 10 maybe you know your partner and a, a few others but you know the point is it's very small so the deeper yes. connection that you're talking about for that that level of uh, intimacy and trust and depth you can't have all these people online anyway you never will be able to it's, it's just a, a complete no. a facade you wouldn't want to it drive you insane no, right. no, and and this is the thing we're not designed for it. So one of the 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 well, I think potentially the key reason why we have so much mental and emotional issues is and physical is because we are living in a way which is not in alignment with our natural design. So you know, being surrounded by EMFs, being in cities. Being in working in cubicles, not having true connection, not eating healthy food, all of the things which make us kind of subpar are things that go against the the natural design and what the natural needs are of a human. It's like you take an animal out of the wild, you put it in a zoo, it will start to display psychological issues and sometimes physical issues too. Why? It's very simple. It's just not in its natural environment. It is not living as it is designed by God to live. And so this whole like thousands of friends, so-called friends online, that's not what we're designed for. It doesn't fulfill us. It isn't meaningful. And as you said, a small group of people is what we're designed for. Typically, you know, we we should be in communities of kind of 100 to 150 people, um, as this has kind of been shown, you know, through history. Communities and tribes are typically like that small. Um, and then when it gets bigger than that number, they break off and they start an, kind of another community. We are meant to have these smaller numbers, but more meaningful relationships and working together and um you know having true community and because most people don't have that social media offers this kind of false allure of you know the the connection that we're that we're seeking and if we don't have a deep connection to ourselves you know to our true selves then that's also going to be helping to drive that because we're looking for things outside of us. So I think right. it's important that we work on the connection to ourself and we go kind of deeper, but also that we don't deny the fact that as humans, we do have a fundamental need for meaningful connection, yeah. belonging, community. We shouldn't bypass that and say, oh, I don't need anyone. 
I'm just, you know, I'm all you need is to do the inner work. And if you're happy with yourself, then you don't need anything else. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. It goes against, we are still human beings. So yes, we need to have that deep connection to self, you know, soul source. Um, but we also psychologically as humans have that. So it's rooted in a survival need, but we have that need for connection. And it's a beautiful thing, you know, being able to connect with people who are kind of on your wavelength and yes, um, you know, have like conversations like this. It's yeah. soul nourishing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think what pops up for me is that there's this that feels to me like the natural. The natural byproduct of doing deeper inner work anyway. So it's not like that if you're doing the deeper inner work, like I often people say to me about this thing about aloneness sometimes, alone, al- loneliness. <clears throat> and really, when we start to have this greater awareness, not only do we see the interconnectedness of all things, but we realize, or at least I have, maybe some of you beautiful beings listening have too. Um, and if you haven't, don't worry, it doesn't make you less than. But, um, you know, the, the the point is, is that, like, have you ever done anything without others have you ever had any like like in my life i've had so much connection and i do understand people out there and they don't have some people in the world that don't have connection they don't have friends and like you said it's a basic need but like when i think about anything that i've gone through or done you know there there's always needed to be connection there's needed to be others even if you think yeah. oh, I did that all on my own, you didn't. You didn't do it all on your own. <laughs> it's not possible that you did it all on your own, right? Does it make sense? I don't know if that links into what you're saying, but you see, so it's like you say it's a natural thing that we need anyway. And then maybe that just kind of points back to what you were saying is that because it is a natural need of ours, these superficial platforms, because you know, you have people that follow you, which is beautiful. I do too. And it's wonderful. And I want people listening to this podcast and some of them I've met in events and retreats and I love them. And we do have a connection. It's beautiful. But what we're talking is just to, I guess, or tell me if I'm I'm wrong here, but what I think you're pointing to is just to be very aware and clear of what these different things are offering us when it comes to real connection, community, and so on. No? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And and so, for example, if you're on social media and you feel like you're getting a certain level of connection and you're aware that it is superficial, you're aware that it's just, you know, you're able to kind of engage with people and that's still a level of connection. It's just not the deep, meaningful connection that we need to really be nourished, nourished and, to really, exactly. and to really thrive. So it's not that it's totally like, it's not that it's a negative thing. It's just, it's it's the recognition that if you don't have anyone in your life, if you're not trying to form relationships or any kinds of connections or community and you're, and you're searching for it all online, you're kind of reclusive and your only connection is online. Yeah. You're, you're never going to feel good on a kind of deeper level. Yeah, on a right? f- definitely on the physical. I mean, if we don't have touch, I mean, there's studies proven. We don't have to go into that now, but I know you know this. Now, if we don't have touch, I mean, just touch, you know, by yeah. another human being, the, the potency and power in that. But sorry, I oh, jumped absolute. on you. No, 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 absolutely. And this is, you know, one of the things that that makes me feel very very sad and particularly during the all of the lockdown nonsense is seeing people particularly elderly people isolated right for me that's the worst form of torture that you could 
could inflict on someone because as you said we need to be able to like have a hug we need to be around the energy of others whether it's in person or a second best would be on you know on zoom you know on video call whatever but to have that actual yeah that actual kind of that yeah. that that to and fro that exchange of energy yes. with someone which you don't get when you're just commenting on a yes. social media post yeah and, or watching a and, video or whatever you get a super again you get a taste but i mean the physical the god uh, in person you just can't touch that you can't and this is why like you know i've been to many events over the years um you know whether it's a you know, Joe Dispenza event or whether it's, um, you know, just community events, all sorts of different types of events. And whenever you ask people their favorite part of it, they always say the people, yeah. the community element. Like yeah. I've been to events where there's stage talks, you know, and I've even been part of that, you know, and I've been speaking on stage and stuff and there's all these people talking and giving information and that's, that's great. But what people really want is the, the chatting afterwards, you know, they want the socializing, yeah. they want the, yeah. um, you know, the evening fireside chats. Yeah, like the that interaction. Is, that is what we're designed yeah. for. I mean, you know, we've, we've historically, you know, sat around a fire and told stories. Yeah. We've 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 kind of worked together to to get things done, and there is such a um, an important need for that. And so when I see people who have been isolated and they can't touch it, you know, there were people. I mean, I don't know about other countries, but I know in the UK, you know, there were. I just saw these images of elderly people and their their relatives are at the window and they're not allowed in and it's just like it just it's just so yeah it goes I mean they were the images but also ironically they were the images that were used as well to show the the despair of the situation because of course on a on a deep level we can all relate to that where we feel that disconnection and you said you you know when you when you spoke a moment ago I I was hearing the words uh to feel to be seen and to be seen and heard is one of the most beautiful things to be truly seen and heard right which yes. which actually i'm going to bring that and weave that back into the inner work because if if you will if you want to go there with me because actually what we're talking about we're talking about this deeper connection which is beautiful and then you spoke about okay we're on the outer we're looking on the outer we you know we're on these different platforms we're looking for something outside of ourselves and then the, the real Paul is to come back to ourselves, right? So however we look at the COVID pandemonium, however we look in the last years, even if we forget that and go way back, many messengers have said, go within or go without, look within, you know, he who looks inside awakens, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the one who's willing to really go inside and look. And ironically, that's the, the ultimate gift we can give ourselves because when we truly see ourselves, we truly hear ourselves and we're willing to feel ourselves, now we now we're talking about real trauma work right because the trauma mm-hmm. is activated from aspects of our youth or uh, different scenarios throughout our upbringing experiences where we sought the love that we thought we could have and it wasn't there we didn't get seen we didn't get held we didn't get acknowledged and we got somehow um you know uh, wounded in the process yeah, yeah? right yeah. and so what you're pointing to is is ironically as within so without because what we're seeing outside is a distortion of the inner trauma, the inner turmoil, the inner um, 
misunderstanding or what I like to say, the innocent misunderstanding that we're mm. not already love, right? Because because mm-hmm. if we already realized we were love, we wouldn't also go keep seeking it outside. So that journey back to ourselves not only makes us come back to those little, little selves and say, hey, I see you, I feel you, I'm here for you now, and then reintegrate that that wound in a child. And then there's a there's huge transformation that happens in a deeper bond and connection, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The inner drives the outer. And I, I, I often say the micro creates the macro. So when we look at the issues in the world, you know, for example, oh, so materialistic, so egotistical, like very narcissistic, like lots of people are very controlling, like they're trying to take away our freedoms, they're trying to control us. That, that collective, that collective is made up of seven and a half billion people. So the, the best way to change the outer is to is to change the inner. And when you change the inner, you show up differently. Exactly. So, so as you said, you know, with the, with, for example, community, I know some people who keep telling me they want to build, um, they want to find connection, right? They, they want it like real connection. They want it, but their trauma and their blocks is preventing them from having the confidence to go out and actually do it. And that's the, and that's the really sad part of it. Mm. Without the inner work, we can't show up fully as our truest self. And so we either show up as a false version of ourself, like an avatar of ourself, which is what often happens on social media. You know, the person you see on social media is often very different to the person like behind closed doors right very I've had this experience many times and you think oh this person's wonderful when you meet them and they're like they're not like they are online at all yes um so we kind of have we have a little bit of, of 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 that happening um but yeah putting ourselves out there can be very scary for some people the fear of rejection the, the feeling that you're not enough, the feeling you're not lovable, which goes back to what you're saying about the trauma. The trauma, like the people's biggest um, kind of core um, core belief, which limits them is I'm not enough. Yeah. Most people have that belief to some, to some degree. It's a scale. Oh, yeah, but yeah. When, it's in there. It's in there. It's just layered. Yeah. Please carry and on. When, and when you believe that you're not enough, it's going to be difficult for you to socialize. It's going to be difficult for you to be like open, you know, and to be your truest self because you're risking rejection, which goes back to the the need for connection and belonging. Rejection is a very scary thing. And this is why most of us are people pleasers. You know, we're trying to like, we don't, we really overly care what other people think. think of us. Yes. And this is the, the I, I would say of all the people I know and have worked with, the people pleasing is the biggest challenge that 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 most people have. And it stops them being authentic. It stops them speaking their truth, yeah. stops them expressing. And so they only show up in the world as a kind of very tempered down or masked false version of themselves. And the problem with that is when you show up as 
someone who's it's not really you it's like you putting on a bit of an act to be accepted you only attract people that are attracted to that version of you of course yeah so I saw this yeah so I saw this in 2020 because prior to then I had been quite um like most of my life because I had a lot of people pleasing issues I would be a bit of a chameleon and whoever I was with I would I would alter myself to be liked and to be agreeable and to not rock the boat or cause any issues but what that did was at a deeper level it caused a lot of depression and I actually call it soulful depression because it's like at that deep heart soul level you just don't feel good because what you're essentially doing is you're betraying yourself yeah You're, you're you're betraying your soul and in order to be liked and it's not real because the person you're putting out there isn't really the true you and so again that's why the inner work is important because through the inner work we can we can learn to love and accept ourselves and value ourselves more and have the confidence to just show up as we are and the beauty of that is when you do that you will attract people who are on your vibe And that's what happened in 2020. I start speaking up and most of the people I was previously connected with, even friends, like real life friends, they rejected me because I was saying something that was uncomfortable and different and I wasn't clearly on the same page as them. But then in doing so, in being totally authentic and just saying whatever I felt, I attracted more people I would say are soul aligned my soul family. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that because had I not shown up authentically and continued to do the inner work so that I can keep showing up authentically, the people that I'm now connected with would never have been interested in talking to me. If I was still pretending to be the person I was pretending to be before, the people I'm now friends with wouldn't be interested in me because they're like, oh, she's not my vibe because I wasn't being me. But yeah. now I'm being now I'm being more me. And it's a it's an ongoing journey. You know, I think you could just keep keep. Yeah, you can, keep, you can keep stripping. But the point is, is that the more authentic you we it, it comes to it quite simple, isn't it? It's actually quite simple. We, we really do attract what we are, but it's really hard to face that, especially mm. when we're looking out, like you said, and we know that like as you described that, for example, we know inside like there's something off, this feels fake, no? Because people pleasing in itself is also a massive um, uh, attempt to control, right? Yes. It's about control. It's an attempt to control the situation to somehow make it pleasing for you because that's how you feel that you might receive some form of love and recognition. But at the same time, you know that it's manipulative and and it's not giving you what you actually need. You know, yes. Oh, it's yes. Conundrum, I know huh? it is. It's oh, really messy. It's, it's messy. Really messy. It's sticky. It is. It is. And this is why it's just it. It. It's such a. I mean, it's such a challenge because, like, on this kind of like deep level, we don't feel good because we know we're betraying ourselves. But then our trauma is our coping mechanism from the trauma right. is to do whatever we can to, to feel survive, safe to feel safe to, to survive. survive yes yes and control the need for control which many people have and again it's a scale but the need for control is ultimately a need for safety right because when we can control something 
it feels safe. When we have certainty, you think about how many people need to know what's going on. I've got to know everything. That's the same thing. It's a need for certainty, and that is rooted in the need for safety because ultimately in our bodies we need to feel safe. Most of us didn't feel safe as children for whatever reason again there's lots of different reasons but we didn't feel loved accepted and therefore yes. we didn't feel sa- we didn't feel safe to be us like when i was a kid i was weird like i've always been weird compared to like the people around me and i was always being told don't do that you look stupid you know don't be weird why can't you just be like other people why can't you just be normal And then I got bullied for being the way that I was. And so that makes you retreat even further. And you then build a fake persona to, in order to not feel that pain. Yeah, And and I want to just link that back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, understanding when, you know, when people are being a certain way, you understand it's actually just their inner child, like their wounded child showing up. Yeah. This is so important, I think, for all of us. And it really helps us to have compassion. If someone is behaving in a way that's like really, you know, really crappy, and we see this a lot online, like I joke that like Instagram is kind of of like a big trauma forum where everyone's traumas are just being triggered and fed and it's like it it can be a bit messy. Um, But when you actually have that comprehension that these behaviours are not who we truly are deep, deep, down in our hearts they are they are trauma driven and condition like conditioning driven yes so when someone you know gets really triggered and lashes out it doesn't mean their behavior is okay and this is an important point we can say someone's behavior is not okay with us but we can also simultaneously understand where that behavior comes from that it's not who yeah, it's they a cry for, are. yeah it's, and often it's a cry for help yeah often it is and even and even sometimes it's a it's a another um attempt at connection exactly because exactly having that con having like we see this online having conflict it's not a conscious need for connection but on a deep nervous system level Having conflict with people can actually feel like connection. Well, it can make you. It can make you. It can yeah. It can make you feel alive. Yeah. It can make, it can and, make you feel alive, and you're wanna... like, hey, actually, you know what? I some people are like, well, I like I like bantering with you. You know, I'm not going to do the things I say, but like the fact that we're here, it feels that we 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 we're passionate about this something, right? You know, there there, yeah, there is a connection there. There is a connection, and and I love what you just said about feeling because people want to feel alive yes and many people have become very numb we've become very disconnected to our bodies this is why i have a you know i i think there's a definitely a limitation with this kind of need for spiritual seeking and enlightenment as good as it is in its you know in some ways if we're not deeply connected to ourselves and to our bodies to how we feel and we allow ourselves to feel then we, we're going to have issues. And so we need to be able to feel alive. We want to, we want to feel, and if we're, if we're numb, we will sometimes do things which are very um, kind of 
damaging in a way, mm. like getting into arguments with people, because it gives us that um, that kind of adrenaline. It gives us that those yeah. those it, chem those chemicals. It gives us some. It gives us some chemicals that make us feel alive. Totally. Yeah, and so that plays into it as well. So it, it you know it can be quite complex, but I think that you know all of us could really benefit from understanding that others behavior is about what they've got going on and it right. allows us it allows us to not only take it personally but also to have some compassion for to not them. take it personally yeah and to and to and to have some compassion yeah. for them like yeah, even totally. Yeah. Even and you know, I know this is this is a bit controversial, but even all the kind of psychos who are doing all of you know driving all of this stuff. No, but that's the whole. That's the whole. On in that, the world. No, They're but that's the key tra- point. It's all trauma. Yeah, that, 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 but this is the whole point. When we start to really look at the the layers of distortion, illusion, lies, drama, gossip, trauma, wounding, um, innocent misunderstandings. And then you start to look at the foundation, the the swamp, the soup, if you will, of where so many things were created. And then you look at our society and our different cultures and you look at the distortions. You go, wow, wow, this is the outer expression of all of this, you know, violence and and ignorance and and you know uh, insecurity and fear and 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 like you said um lack of uh, safety or trust in fact because because even safety that's the whole one we can go into that i often say that you know the safety that we're seeking is still a an illusion of safety because what we're really wanting is trust and that trust can come within each of us if we're willing to look inside we can give ourselves that back but we're so much often we go into these environments and I work in the sexuality field and I work in like different environments and in, in, in events that I hold. And so often people are saying, well, you know, is this a safe place? And I often say, well, look, one thing I can't do is guarantee you this is a safe place. What I can do, though, is I can say this is a brave space. And this is a space where we can actually um, communicate our yeses and our noes. We can communicate our ourselves, what's really going on inside of us. We can have a, a brave space to say what we are really feeling. So if in yeah. that moment you're feeling unsafe, that's a brave thing to say, right? So in that moment, you can own that and we can hold a container where that is welcomed and you're not going to be like shunned out or told to leave yes. or, you know, and so on, right? So there's a little yes. distinction because me, I have my core, no, my core wound is of, of, of um, you know, the safety, not trusting people and peers that ended up. I wasn't able to trust, so I put my trust into them. So that wasn't safe. My father leaving wasn't safe. Um, you know, certain environments I grew up in as a criminal weren't safe. You know, hedonistic environments were not safe. So I have that. But then when I look deeper into it, it's like, as you said earlier, there's that core wound of, you know, not being enough, not being seen, um, you know, n- you know, needing to take care of myself in order to feel safe. Oh, man, there's so many. Yeah. Right? It's so yeah. many. It's like, and when you start to go into them, you know, we start to go into them. It's like, wow, what do they all want? What do they all want? What do all wounds want? All wounds want to be witnessed. Mm-hmm. That That's really the ultimate thing. And who can give, and this is a beautiful one. I don't know if you see it from this perspective, Laura, but like, there's nobody actually that can see us and love us like we can do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
but we were never ever told that that is what the love that we're looking for is our love. Like my wound wants to be seen by me. You can say, Sai, yeah. I see your wound, darling. I can see that. Yeah, it's lovely, darling. I can see that, you know, you have this for um, what's happened here. Something popped up and just jumped on the screen. Yeah, you could say, hey, Simon, I can see you need safety and you need a hug and come and give you a hug. And that could be nurturing for a moment. But yeah. I still need to be able to be able to nurture me, to love me, to bring that awareness to me, no? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, first and foremost, it is about giving that to ourselves. And then if others can also witness that without shame, without judgment, you know, when you when you are when others are able to just, you know, hold space for you, like if I'm with a friend and I'm sharing some stuff with her that doesn't feel good to me and she just you know kind of holds that space and just it it accepts me and doesn't you know kind of shame me and judge me like that in itself allows us to it allows our kind of nervous system to calm down and we're like oh that wasn't traumatic because the thing with the thing with sometimes stepping into situations like that like like boundary setting is a good one when you're not used to setting boundaries and you start to set a boundary the reason you're afraid to set a boundary is because of the reaction that you get from people which go which which then triggers your your wounds right right so then you don't have boundaries you just try and please everybody mm. but the only way to actually start doing it is to do it right so then you start to set a boundary and the person reacts badly, which was the fear that you had. So now you don't feel safe. And that's why boundary setting is so, I've worked with people on, you know, a lot on boundaries. It's so challenging. And that's why it's very important that you have safe people, people you feel safe around. Yeah, you trust. You can set a boundary with and they go, okay, cool. And it's fine. And then you go, oh, that was okay. I just set a boundary and I, and they, they understood and that that's okay. Like, Oh, I don't have the space for that right now. I'm spending some time on my own this week when they invite you to something and they just say, okay, love, no problem. And that's what my friends are like. You know, we, we sometimes, you know, have to do that with each other and we just accept each other. But when you try and set a boundary with someone who, who reacts, you know, angrily or, you know, Mm. is, is, is kind of has a has a reaction which is not an accepting one that just triggers the wound again and so this is why i always say that one of the key things which helps us to heal is the people around us so yes we have to do the work yes but if we have others that can witness us and can yeah. encourage us and accept us as we are it creates a feeling of safety and allows us to practice those boundary settings. It al- yeah. allows us to be more our authentic self. We, it allows us to say the things that we think, oh, God, they're going to think I'm weird. And then they don't. They just go, yeah, whatever, cool. Yeah. And it just and that allows you to keep doing it more and more. And through that practice, you, you know, you. He- you froze. I lost you. Ah, uh, I lost you. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? I lost you.
Hello? Hello? Are you there? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> You're back. I can't hey, see your video. I don't know where it stopped recording. <laughs> That's okay. You went, you went into nice freeze mode. It's all good. Um, okay. I'm sure the audio probably like, yeah, you froze good. and I was like, I don't know if it's still recording or not, but. Yeah, I just, something popped up on the screen too. So it's perfect. That's okay. But no, we can just go from. Well, you was just talking about. Yeah, the last part I heard was you saying about the boundaries setting and then friends just accepting you and then yeah. from from friends accepting you yeah but actually i wanted to, i could just jump in there actually and say that what you're pointing to from this i would say from what you're pointing to about the boundary setting what i'm hearing which has kind of been a theme throughout this conversation is this sense of community right like an authentic community where where that's where, as you've said multiple times, it's not about you just doing it on your own or the inner work on your own and you don't need others. We need each other. We need each other to hold us, to see us, to to feel us, to to relate with us. You know, we need that. We need that in 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 this uh, in the and and it brings up something actually, which I think I might like to lead us into because I know that you're part of this movement. Tell me if this even feels aligned, but this idea of sovereignty. And when we talk about solutions in the world right now, because this kind of weaves into some of the things we're saying, and we're seeing all these like new earth villages, or we're hearing new earth talk, or we're hearing like these different communities popping up in different places. I live in Portugal at the moment. There's many of them popping up. I know around the world in different areas there are. I know in Mexico and many different places. So this idea of like what is emerging more than ever before is actually these little uh, organisms, these nucleuses of beings that want to come together and go hey we can hold each other we can we can support each other right now we can grow our own food we can take care of ourselves we can pull ourselves out of these systems of trauma and systems of control that don't serve us and actually we can birth something new so i don't know if that does that feel good to go move into this this part of the, the conversation yeah absolutely i think this is it's kind of a natural progression in the, in the conversation because you know moving forward and looking at what we're actually creating is right. is very is very important and you know i i the way i see things is i'm not here to fight the things that i don't like in this world i'm mm. here to show a new way mm. and there's a difference you can keep fighting and complaining about what you don't like and we've got to stop the elites we've got to stop this happening it ain't going to stop happening that there are too many people in the world with this very, you know, ego conscious, you know, very much like a sort of, a, I would say an unhealthy ego. Um, and, you know, a lot of darkness in this world. So fighting against it doesn't seem like the right thing for me to do. I would rather pave the way and role model a new way of doing things. And that can be through how I'm showing up, which comes from the inner work. So how I'm being, how I'm just showing up in the world, because that affects everyone around me. It affects, you know, it's the energy field. Um, but also in terms of actions. So getting together with others, building, you know, building community. 
Um, and it's interesting that all these little communities that we're seeing popping up, they are small communities, just like we were talking about earlier, how we were designed to be small communities working together, right? you know, creating, you know, having homeschool cooperatives, having food growing cooperatives, um, you know, having events together, supporting each other, trading with each other. This right. is how humans always were up until relatively recently. So it's like we're just going back. We're going back to who we truly are. We're going back to, to nature, really. And that's a that's a really beautiful thing. And actually removing your attention from the systems which are very anti-human and controlling and oppressive being aware of them and actually sometimes having to operate within them because yeah, we are course. in the, we're here so like you know it's like you can't escape yes. unless you go and live in the middle you know in a mountain you know self-sustaining away from everything and no one knows you're there the majority of people can't completely escape the system because it's all around us. Even using Zoom, you know, we're like we're in it. The really yes, but, but it's but it's not letting it use you in a negative way. Not giving it your energy and actually choosing where you spend your time and energy, which for me is better spent on our inner work, our community building, our relationships creating new and innovative ways of doing things and this is another thing that I love about what's what's happened you know the last few years every time something um, restrictive or perceivingly negative happens there are people who are coming up with counter yeah exactly I always say this yes right it's like it's beautiful it's exciting you just don't see them on Instagram creating reels they don't no. need to. They're no, actually they're got their focus and energy. Yes. They're like, my God, we've got the potential right now to create these phenomenal things. And that's where their time and energy is going. They don't have time to tell everybody on a 30 second reel that they're doing anything, you know? I know. I was having a conversation with someone I know the other day. We were having a, a Zoom call and he doesn't use any social media at all. And he's, you know, he's involved with various different companies and they're looking at all these innovative like solutions for things. And they're not they're not on social media because they're too busy actually doing exactly. business and building and exactly. collaborating. And this is where the power is. And, you know, I, I when I got off social media, people were many people were like shocked and saying, but 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 how are you going to do business? Like, how are you going to how, 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 how? And I said, well. Because social media is not the only way. You've just been conditioned to think that it's abnormal to not be right. on it. Actually, what happened before social media? People spoke to each other. They went to events and networked with each other. They collaborated with each other. They had conversations like this is how. They had physical connection. <laughs> yeah, this is how we can create things by reaching out to people mm. and, you know, who do you know? Like it, it, it's, it, and I've seen this for myself being off social media a couple of weeks now. I've connected more meaningfully with more people in the last two weeks of getting off social media than I did when I was when I was on there. And the people who I did feel a good connection with, like as in, oh, we're quite similar, and I'd quite like to like have a kind more of time. off an off social media conversation with you. 
I reached out to those people and they all came back and said, yeah, and gave me their personal details. And now I'm actually starting a a conversation, a video conversation series called Inspired Conversations for the Awakening. And I have all these guests lined up who are people that, you know, and so I'm, I'm having more and more meaningful conversations and it feels amazing. I do not miss social media one little bit. Like I, I just, I'm so happy just to be not part of it. And now I'm seeing the world in a different way because when you're not seeing it through the lens of that screen, which let's face it, is very manipulated to show you what the AI wants to show you. Of course. When you're not seeing that, you start to actually see the world differently, which again is further proof and validation that what you focus your energy on literally shapes your experience of the world. Yeah. And we get to choose what influences we have on where we spend our time and energy. And that is going to really impact the way that we experience life. Yeah, totally. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so how are you feeling right now? We've been we've been rolling. I don't know. Time flies by when you're having fun. I don't know where we I know. I could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> it's nice. So 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 one of the things I think yeah, maybe we, we well we can't we've kind of come full circle, no. This is how the conversation normally rolls, and a good conversation normally goes full circle. We've addressed a lot of different um a lot of different uh, aspects of yeah, of really claiming our power back. And and for me, that is about sovereignty. So sovereignty for me is, you know, taking full responsibility for the nature of our experience. And as you said earlier, we're in the system. It's not about like, ah, oh, you know, it has to be so, um, and maybe this is nice for people listening. Maybe we, you can um, just give a little few pointers. I know they can go to your um social media liberation masterclass that you created, which is what I went to, which is, you know, 45 minutes of definitely worth listening to. So for everybody listening, I put the link underneath in the, in the footnotes and, and you'll have a link to uh, Laura's website and so on anyway, so you can explore there, but that was a, a just a gifted uh, masterclass. And, and for me, it was really uh, beautiful just because there's a, there's 12 amazing questions in there that you can go through and you can really just like dive a bit deeper, get your journal out as I love, I love my journal and get your journal out and just, you know, journal the questions and, and just sit with them. Actually, it's not even just about journaling, just sit with them and just really see where you're at and questions. So I think this is beautiful. Um, yeah, and I, I made a few notes here, but maybe just do you want to speak to that first, Laura? Just like if there's a few key points, because you said something at the end of the class about like there's always these different reasons of why we can't come off, or you know, what our relationship it triggers the it triggers us because we think we're gonna lose connection as you've already spoke to. So yeah, what pops up for you based on that, just to share with those with us today? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, as you mentioned, there's there's 12 questions, and the reason there's lots of questions is because I can't tell people what they should do or how they feel or why they feel and act the way that they do. Self-inquiry through questioning is so powerful mm-hmm. because it forces us to ask ourselves the question. And many of us don't really know ourselves. This is a core component of the work I do. It's helping people, it's not telling them what they should do. It's helping them to tap into their inner, firstly, their inner wisdom, their kind of deeper core heart wisdom, 
and also to use self-inquiry to really understand themselves. What am I afraid of? Like, what do I, like, what, are, what am I getting by doing this? Like the, the, the fear one is a really good one because we'll often say, oh, I want to, you know, many people said to me, I really want to get off social media, but I just can't. Okay. Well, why can't you? What is, what is the fear? What do you think is going to happen? Like, is there, is it possible that that doesn't happen? Is there a different way? Like all of these questions help us to formulate in our own minds, what do we actually, where is it coming from? Like, what do we believe? What are we worried about? What are our limiting beliefs? Without self-inquiry, we're not going to know. You can't like, and this is one of the big challenges I think we have in our current world is we're always looking for someone else to tell us what to do. And this is the opposite of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Like we can listen to others' wisdom. We can listen to their experience. We can listen to this podcast. And That's the what they're doing right now. Everyone's on here now. Like, exactly. why did I listen this far? I don't know. It's exactly. good that you listened this far. It's all good. Exactly. <laughs> and it's important to listen to others who we kind of are sort of, you know, vibing with. But the important part for me, and this links to sovereignty, is being able to discern what's helpful for me and what am I just going to leave? It isn't about being right and wrong, agreeing and disagreeing. It's, okay, I've just listened to this conversation with Laura and Simon. What was helpful for me? What resonated with me? Yeah. Um, and the rest of it, leave it. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And the, the and where it goes a little bit wrong is is we'll listen to certain people, especially like ex, so-called experts and gurus, and they say one thing, we should do this, or this is the reason you're like this or whatever. And we just take that on as truth. Yeah. But we have to take the information and internalize it and ask, ask myself, is that really true for me? Yeah. It isn't about, is it true? It's, is it true for me? Does it resonate with me? Is it relevant to me? Is it helpful for me? Yeah. Um, and, and the more you get to know yourself, the more discerning you can be, the better your intuition is. And then you are very quickly able to take in different pieces of information, figure out what's helpful for you and what's and what's not. Right. And then you just leave, leave the rest. But until we really understand ourselves, having that aware, like the awareness is the first step. Being aware, oh, I've got these blocks. I'm struggling with this. Or I want to get off social media, but I don't I don't know how, or I'm addicted. Like, okay, so you know that, but then understanding what's driving that and what your, you know, what what's your coping mechanisms, what are your fears? Only when you start delving into that, I think, can you really start to um to, to make a make a change? Because we have to understand first. And yeah. that's why the self-inquiry is so powerful. Yeah, I mean, it comes as you're talking, I'm just getting popping up. I'm not saying it's the, the most best way to go, but that's what the whole uh 12 steps are with the whole addiction thing. No, is is that all is self-inquiry steps, no, and it's no different with any addiction. And are we willing to go in and, and get the journal out and start writing and getting real with ourselves? And it's not easy to get real with ourselves because not. because a lot has to change, no, it's I remember when I made a decision to never lie again. I thought, well, I, I, I realized that I'm lying and I'm lying to myself and lying to others. And I was like, okay, so 
then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stop lying. And I was like, well, that's a great thing to start. It's a beautiful um, mission. And then I realized that, well, actually everywhere is lies. It's like even the whole society is built on lies. <laughs> Everywhere's lies. So shit. So that was that was not going to be such an easy thing. So how am I how am I going to not be part of the lie when I'm every choice I make and every decision I make is somehow feeding a lie? You know, it's like, ah, <laughs> how, 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 why did I decide this? You know, and wow. uh, but, but 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 what I love that you bring up it reminds me of um, a book by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz who I love uh, uh, a lot his his work and the. Uh, mm. the one of the books was uh, was all about healthy discernment. So I really, I love what you just said there because I think that is a real beautiful takeaway, I hope, for those that are tuned in with us today. Um, because at the moment, everyone's an expert. Everyone's mm-hmm. a master. Everyone's an expert. Everybody's got they the- They think the, they the, are. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got the next best thing, right? Even <laughs> even these things of like when I'm when I'm putting uh, content out and, and so on, it's like- you know, now people are like, it's constant this thing of like, oh, a decade of doing this, or I've been doing this for five years. And it's all this, all these words and terminologies are just to give credibility. Because mm-hmm. if you, if somebody doesn't have credibility, then nobody's going to listen to you, but everybody wants to be listened to right now. So it's a real interesting time. Even the word masterclass, you know, I know you called yours that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, I created I don't some. like the term. No, listen, I created them, Laura, too. I'm like, I'm like, I'm no master. Like, you know, to be a master at something, you have to have done, like, I don't even know what it is, but there's some amount of thousands and thousands of hours or something like to even class yourself as a master. But the point is, this is the time that we're in. So what you're saying is regardless of saying who is or who isn't an expert, because we know that that's also marketing jargon, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. like even don't get me started on this. Even when people say, oh, number one bestseller and you think, oh, great, I'm going to go and buy that book. Well, let me tell you now. Everyone's a number one bestseller because all you have to do is a little scam on Amazon to make sure everyone buys your book at one pound. And then all of a sudden you get put in the top 10 and then you I tell know. yourself your number. Don't get me started. Right. So so the thing it's is everywhere. It's bullshit everywhere. And you, it's everywhere. Yeah. And the only way you navigate the bullshit is with healthy discernment. Am I right? Absolutely. And this this very, you know, this very much links to, to sovereignty. It's like I. Exactly. You know, I I have, for example, like there's certain there's certain people who I, you know, I like their, you know, the things that they share and the wisdom that they have, like someone like a Gabal Mate, for example. And I remember sharing something of his um, not too long ago, and I got attacked for it because people were saying, oh, but he bought into the whole agenda and everything. So you can't believe anything he says and this, that and the other. No, 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 no. This is this black and white thinking that we really need to move away from and realize that there's nuance and there's gray areas. And it does not matter to me whether someone is controlled opposition or whether they're, you know, buying the agenda or not. I am able to discern whether what they're saying is helpful or relevant to me. And so when it comes to someone like Agabo Mate, like his stuff around trauma has been very impactful for me and the work I do in the world in terms of working with others. And I love that content. I think his his books and, you know, his content is great. I don't necessarily buy, if he's then talking about, you know, the importance of, you know, the jab and whatever, I'm not going to then believe that 
just because I like Gabor Mate's trauma work, I have the discernment to know. So it doesn't matter to me. We spend all this time arguing about who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, who's controlled opposition, who's not. It doesn't matter to me because I know what's helpful for me and I'm able to also think critically and challenge within myself whether I believe what someone else is saying or whether it's helpful for me. So it isn't about whether it's right or wrong. I really encourage every individual to get to know themselves better and to hone that discernment, that intuition, which which takes work and it takes time. But when you do that, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know how to discern for you. And so there's many times when people have said to me, well, you need to do it this way, or this is why you're like this or whatever. Right. And I and I and I take it inward and I sit with it. And I say, sometimes I say, no, do you know what? No. That nope, that that I do not believe that that's the case for me. How how can we say that someone else knows what's best for us? When you have, when you know yourself and you have good intuition and discernment. And you're also able to think. So you're engaging your mind and your heart. No one else can tell you what is right for you. Only you know, but you have to be able to tap into that knowing. Mm. And that for me is a really fundamental um, part of sovereignty and also being free. It means we're not dependent on others to tell us what to do, but we can use the wisdom and insights of others to maybe help us to, you know, to formulate our own thoughts and and yeah, beliefs totally. about about certain things. So I think that's important. Yeah, and I would say a tiny add add on to that is also, in order to get to that place, it's okay to go along with certain things and learn mm-hmm. through making a decision and then retracting that and not beating yourself up with, oh, absolutely. If, if, if you've gone down a path and I'm, I'm not saying it to you, I'm saying it to people listening. So for example, if, if you ended up, I don't know, listening to somebody who you put a lot of trust into, and then you realize that you met them, like you said earlier, you might've met mm-hmm. them offline and you realize that I'm just not, I'm really not vibing with this person and don't beat yourself up for no. following them. Because I, th- I did that once I followed the guy online and, I met him and I also felt the same. I was like, wow, based on what he's been speaking, he's totally, in my opinion, out of integrity based on the way I feel. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to engage with this being. And I just decided to stop. But it was a few years that I really put my yeah. time and energy into this being. And I learned, I also learned from him too. So, you know, exactly. It's, then, it's all then, part of the yeah, journey. It's all part it's of the all, journey, exactly. It is so all part beautiful. of the journey. It isn't, I just, I don't see things as right or wrong. I just think it's it's part of the journey. And what's important is that we remain aware and that we keep, you know, doing the inner work. And we just don't, yeah, as you said, we don't beat ourselves up or shame ourselves because this just the journey. Like we make mis- like we make mistakes. We have, you know, misjudgments. That's okay. Yes. Our intuition is sometimes off. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, on that, actually, there's, there's something around, like, you know, we talk about intuition. Often what we think is intuition, because intuition is like a felt sense, right? But often what we feel is intuition is actually a dysregulated nervous system. So this is why nervous system work is so important and it's a, a big part of my, my work. I'm not talking about, you know, the, 
the using your mind to explore this stuff. I'm talking about embodied, like somatic nervous system regulating practices. Because if your nervous system is not regulated, you're going to perceive um, someone as a threat when they're not. You're going to not maybe you're going to maybe trust somebody when they're actually not trustworthy. So it's important that we also do the nervous system work because when we have a healthy regulated nervous system, we are able to tap into what's more true, like more of our of our heart's wisdom. And that really helps us with our with our discernment. Mm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, we might run away from certain situations because we think, oh, that's not right for me. But it could just be fears, trauma coping mechanisms, fears coming up, which are making us sabotage that thing. Right. So this is why we have to look at all the parts. You know, we do all the all the different elements of, of the inner work. And it's a journey that never ends. Like no one is more in love, you know, no one is like has reached the peak of healing. Like we are never and we're not meant to be perfect. This idea that we have to heal everything and be absolutely perfect. And that's just not life. Like humans are just messy and amazing and all yeah. the things. And yeah, just, I mean, it's yeah, just my, yeah, my 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 thing, one of the things I share is just that we're already whole and complete. Done yeah. deal done deal like is there stuff that you want to work on or explore and and and, and uh, be curious about are there some woundings that you experience that you can bring some love and awareness to damn straight and are you whole and complete in that yes you are so that's really yeah. the, whenever i work with anyone I, I say that like i'm happy to work with you but we're, we're working from the basis that you're already whole and complete so anything that I'm sharing with you is that you're already whole and complete. And yeah. then, then we can explore this stuff. And it's a hard one because even this, there's so many different terminologies. Well, no, how can I be? Because I, 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 I don't love myself right now. Okay. And you're whole and complete in that. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's a real, it, it brings in for me, um, Laura, this big deep dive into the unconditional, like the unconditional in this present moment, like this, you know, because otherwise, as you say, if, if we're, Judging ourselves based on an incomplete self now, thinking that somewhere in the so-called future, which also doesn't really exist, we're going to be complete, then what a nightmare, I say. What a nightmare, yeah. because if I die next week, shit, I've only got one week to get complete. <laughs> And I bet I haven't even read enough books. Oh my You've God. got a lot of work to do. <laughs> i got a lot of work to do in the next week. Shit. It's like I don't I don't really play that game, but um, but I do yeah. like I do like this curious explore exploration of my being. Like like who am I? Why am I here? How do I function? What's alive in me now? How is this? What's this conversation evoking in me? You know, what's this being that's just come into the field? What are they? What are they sparking in, inside of me? Now I, I'm curious in in the wonder of being. And that, yeah, that you know, that. yeah, it's I lovely. Love it's lovely, you know, because then yeah. it's like, yeah. And, and then you might bring something to me and highlight something that I wasn't aware of. You know, it's like, wow, it's wow. That's what a phenomenal, um, how do I say it? It's like, like that constellation that only you and I can have, like this constellation right now can never, ever replicate itself in ever, in any constellation ever, never will, mm -hmm. never was, never can be in anything. Right. This is a unique perspective shift that only you and I had, nobody else, it doesn't matter how many talks you listen to of Laura, you're never going to hear the expression, how it came out today with me and Laura, Laura yeah. and I. That is yeah. fucking unique. 
Like, yeah, it's cool, like, isn't it? <laughs> drink, drink, drink that in for you listening today. You are listening in the constellation, and because you're listening, you're also heightening and contributing your uniqueness to this dance. It's like what? It's amazing. It's it's fascinating. And like, I love what you said. I love that you mentioned curiosity and wonder, because for me, curiosity and wonder is such a powerful and important part of this experience. Like, and and not, you know, not seeing everything as a problem, not seeing ourselves as broken and flawed, which is what, you know, many of us do, but to approach these things with curiosity, right? Like just approaching life with curiosity. And and I do this a lot myself. If I'm behaving a certain way, I'll say, oh, curious. Like what? Like that's interesting. Like it's an intrigue. It's it's like wanting to wanting to explore, wanting to find out rather than, oh God, I'm a bad person. Oh, there's something wrong with me. Oh, I'm broken. Like it's a very, very different way to approach life. And I think we need more curiosity and wonder, not just for us within ourselves, but also for other people, like actually being curious about other people when maybe they're different to you or they have a different perspective. Like someone has a different perspective rather than shutting them down, which is what most of us try and do, actually being curious and like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, can you share with me like why you think that or where, what, what, where that comes from but especially I've noticed on social media if you share a post that's expressing the way you feel about something and it differs to what somebody else feels they will usually like get really defensive and attack you for it yeah yeah like (laughs) yes but you know yeah but you know what we can do when they do that yeah but when they do that you know what I do is that when I do that then I just even amplify the curiosity and I'm like (laughs) And I'm like, ah, so curious. I'm so curious. I shared this and they shared that. Isn't that fascinating that that yeah. come back from there, you know? So it's like even, it in, that, even in that moment, it's, it's, it's just detaching from, um, I, love, I love what um, Adishanti says. He said this something like, I just love this saying that I've kind of adapted for myself. I don't even know if he said it exactly like this when I heard it some years ago, but like, can I be you know, deeply engaged in this unfolding while wholly unconcerned. Yeah, I love that. Right? Can I just be, like, I'm here. I exist. I matter. I have what I have. I have this body. I have this health. I have this opportunity to explore consciousness the way I have, for whatever reason I've gone through, for the choices I've made. And, like, I'm here. I'm in it. You know, I'm full in. And at the same time, you know, it's bigger than me. You know, I don't want to get too concerned in it. I'm I'm rolling along in this like you know this little drop in the ocean, and I, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's wild. It is, and I and I love I love that I love that that perspective because you know like, I kind of live my life pretty similar to that. You know, like I try and be be really just immersed in the human experience right it's like the 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 uncomfortable the 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 comfortable like all of the different elements like I believe that as we are we are humans like God didn't make a mistake he didn't put us in human form for us to keep trying to escape off into the spiritual world I am here to experience all of it like the richness of of the experience of life and and all of my senses and have the full human experience while I am here in this form but at the same time 
not take it all seriously. Mm. You know, yeah. just be able to kind of zoom out and be like, look, yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, one day my spirit, consciousness, whatever, is going to like be off somewhere else and Laura's body's not going to yeah exactly anymore so. yeah and, and not many yeah, people are going to be too serious not many people are going to be speaking about us for too long after we've gone you know it's like no, it's okay don't exactly. take it that, but this is i mean this is hard for some some to digest and and i'm not saying it's always been easy for me i'm at a space where i can i can say that you know i know there's atrocities happening i know there's a lot of violence in the world i'm i'm very aware of some of what i would call obscene unnecessary acts of violence yeah. happening in our in our species, yeah. right? No question about it, right? On on all levels, and I and I see it. And at the same time, if I if I make that too much of what you've pointed to a lot to today's in conversation, if I make that too much of my focus, I can't be this playful alternative that shows that there's also a way of living where you don't have to be violent, you don't have to be judgmental, you don't have to condemn everybody, you don't have to be ready with your guns up and your shields up and your nervous system activated. You can mm -hmm. you can relax, you can play. We are playful beings. We were born. Consciousness in itself, creation source, is playing with us 24-7, right? 24-7, the air is playing with me, the sun is playing with me, the moon is playing, everything is playing with me. So what I always say is, can we at least take a moment to play and enjoy? I, I, I love this saying, of, to joyously participate in the divine ecstasy of creation. Please, yeah. yes. can we just play? A little yes. more beautiful. Oh beings. yes, we need you know? more play. We need more, <laughs> we need we need more play. We need more joy because again, this is part of our true nature. Yes, we are creative beings. We can be playful. We can be joyful, and if we're not um, tending to those parts of ourselves, then we're we're not having the full experience and. That we we change the world by how first and foremost by how we are being, and so if we're focusing on like our joy, if we're yes. focusing on like yes loving our life, the energetic and and practical actions that come from that is so powerful. Yes, and I I. You know, I like the term embodiment as a form of activism. Um, and actually, one of the um, podcasts I listen to is by Kelly Brogan. She has an episode where she talks about this. And it's like the best form of activism is to fully embody like your most brilliant self is to be the change. Right. Yes. We hear that phrase all the time. But yes. it is about being the change. Like, how am I being? And in order to be our biggest brightest um most high boldest. vibration boldest self yes. we have to do the things that help us to create that state of being if totally. we're always focused on the darkness which is there we can be aware of it but if we're always focused on the darkness we're going to feel low we're going to feel heavy we're going to feel sad how is that helping the world exactly that's not exactly. helping us. It's not helping the people around us, and it's not helping the world at large. So I think the observing and being aware is very important, but then not getting sucked and absorbed into mm. it so that it 
so that it dampens your spirit and drags you down into the kind of mud. Exactly. To, to actually focus on, you know, joy and doing what, like this has been a big theme for me lately is doing what brings me joy. Yes. Because if I'm in, if I'm in a joyous state, everything around me is positively totally. impacted. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. No? Totally. You know, one of the classic quotes gets thrown around, but like truly that is the... That is the true rebellion. That's the true activism. That's the true uh, solution. Human beings, how are we being? And when we tap into that, we realize we are pleasure beings. We are playful beings. Wow. Wow. That's like, yes, I like that. I I know. I totally agree. I I drink. I drink that in. (laughs) Ah, nice. I think that's a nice place to slowly round up. Um, uh, how are you feeling? I mean, that was, uh, we've, we've, we've danced the merry dance. I feel (laughs) I've I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. (laughs) (laughs) I feel we've covered some real ground here and, and, um, yeah, I love what you said as well about, um, yeah, maybe we can just end with this. I always like to just end with a few, uh, giving, uh, inviting, not giving, but inviting those and, and also for those of you listening and tuning in today, you know you can always just uh, send questions if you want to, or you can, you know, reach out and ask if there's certain elements that you want to elaborate on. I'm always there to uh, to offer that. But um, one thing that we've really touched on today, and I do think it's still quite a new language, but is this this nervous system, um, and you know, it's quite a, can be quite ambiguous, like a nervous system. What is it? How do I function? So um, would you share, uh, Laura, just a couple of ways that you regulate your nervous system, just so that for those listening, they might be like, ah, I haven't tried that, or oh, I might try that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing with the nervous system is that there are different forms of dysregulation. So the practice you do would be partly determined by that so for example if your nervous system is always like super activated like you're always feeling anxious and stuff you're going to do different things than if you're in like a freeze response where you're just kind of shut down but I think in this current age like one of the things that is very common is people being in that hyper vigilant you know kind of heightened arousal nervous system state and for me the most powerful way and easiest way to just on a regular basis to to kind of help that is breath work Mm. I mean it sounds it is just very simple but the breath is so so powerful in terms of of changing our you know our nervous system and and the state that that we're in and so just you know literally just sitting and doing like deep belly breaths I like to if I'm trying to kind of calm myself I like to just kind of breathe in for four and then out for eight so it's like a double the the length of the exhale is double but you can also do box breathing which is counter four in and then you hold the breath for four and then you go out for four and then you sit before the the next breath for four so it's like a box you know it's just four 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 um and just you know just doing that for for a couple of a couple of minutes 
can really make a difference if we're if we're getting those feelings and and breath work can also help us to move the energy because sometimes the energy is like stuck yes. you know if we're feeling like anxious and stuff we need to like move the energy um and on that note there's lots of things we can do um for for our nervous system around movement so getting daily like you know literally walking dancing i love to dance like so i'll just put a song on and just like you know dance around so getting the because you're what you're doing is you're moving energy you're just like getting your body um the energy going around your body but also um movement through of energy through the vocal cords so humming chanting singing gargling all of those things can really help our nervous system too and it's no wonder that you know in all the ancient cultures these things you know the oming the singing the chanting all of that stuff has been around for forever yeah because that is stuff that really you know it's it's all energy and frequency and so those kinds of things um can really help and um you know that i mean there's so many there's so many the nervous system is a really big you know is a really big topic and it does depend but but i think even just being some people aren't even aware that the nervous system is a big thing and a big influence on their behavior so even just knowing and then being able to look into you know because when i first became aware of the nervous system and it's it's how it's related to trauma it was actually through the work of Gabor Mate and um and I started doing you know lots of practices to help my nervous system because I'd I'd actually had um I had a stroke this was a few years ago I had a stroke and I also developed fibromyalgia which is related to the nervous system it's a kind of nervous system and trauma related um, or trauma driven issue and that's how I started getting into learning about the nervous system and and trauma. And so even just someone mentioning, oh, your nervous system prompted me to then start looking into the nervous system. So like sometimes even just becoming aware that, oh, this could be a, actually this really could be a big thing influencing my feelings and my behaviors and then going down that path of kind of exploring into that um but just in terms of things that people could do every day just to have a healthier nervous system the breath work and the vocal um stuff and the movement are all really easy um ways that we simple can help it. yeah yeah simple ways yeah sometimes the mind comes in and, get, and makes it too um you know intellectual and conceptual because actually it's it's real simple which also brings me in closing to simplicity is divinity so if it's not simple then sometimes we're overthinking it and when we're overthinking it we can get confused so yeah i like to say keep it simple um and just yeah a lot of gratitude i feel like we've uh definitely yeah it was it was a worthwhile conversation. It's lovely to get to know you a little bit more, almost connecting a little bit yeah. more beyond, beyond beyond the socials. Yeah, um, likewise. 
We didn't need to go and break it down today, but I just want to say again, it's one of the reasons that drew me here was because of this uh, masterclass. It's just 45 minutes. I'm going to put the link underneath. Um, really, if you've been like me, just feeling sometimes that the social media was uh, getting a hold on you, and I'm I'm very clear on my addictions. I have many of them and had many of them that I've overcome, and I was really just aware that this uh, social media was gripping me. Um, and the uh, your work and your your questions really supported me. Just there was just you know, a lot that I've already doing, but it was just nice to just get a few of those. Like, yeah, look, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. That can yeah. stop. And just even in the last, I think it was about a month ago now when I first uh, connected with you. But um, yeah, already already just tweaking those parts of me has been super beneficial. So I oh, can already amazing. I can already feel that I've come back to my own power. And it's not, you know, it's not taking me because that's what I do. I had that recently, Laura, with um, these damn chocolate rice crackers. They had me. I, I, make, I, I make people laugh about this. I'm like, the sugar on them damn things had me. And then I, 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 I they, they come and get me. And then I'm like, oh, I buy another pack. And then I buy a two pack. And I buy a three pack. And I'm like, wait there, who's controlling what here? These damn right. These chocolate rice crackers have got me, right? And it's like, it doesn't matter what the addiction is. It's whether, you know, who's in control of what? And this is, yeah. I think, I think this is a nice way to end is like, and I'm going to reiterate this many times, like Laura hasn't said this once in my watching her. It's not that social media is bad. We're all using it. It's cool. Nothing is bad. It's to the extent that it is controlling us and that the extent where we could be, as Laura's pointed out and has mentioned in some of her other videos, there's a world out there to explore. There's so many beautiful things that we may want to learn and do and engage in, which if it's just scrolling on social media as your divine expression, then so be it, honor it, rock on. But if you might be feeling a little imbalance, then maybe check out this masterclass, go through the questions yourself, see what's there for you, and maybe you will shift your relationship with not only social media, but yourself by doing a little bit of inner inquiry, inner standing, as Nora calls it, and then boom, who knows? Who knows what your life may look like this time next year? <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura. Any last words you want to throw in the pot before we close this one? Oh, I don't think so. I'm just grateful for this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope that everyone who's listening is able to take something positive from it. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and energy. That's all from me. The links are below this podcast. Please check them out. Thank you always to you, the regular listeners of this podcast. I really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. There's lots of beautiful things coming if you're, well, depending on when you listen to this, but we're in 2023 at the moment. We're in April and there's going to be some beautiful uh, launching of some retreats that you can join. So uh, check out the website and I look forward to meeting some of you in more connection, as Laura said, in more physical. We get to touch each other. Can you imagine? With consent though, yeah? Take care, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Simon Transparently. This podcast is a call to action, a call into sovereignty, a call to speak our truth and love ourselves fiercely, and for us all to rise up together as love. If you are resonating with my offerings, you can support me by becoming a patron, for which I would be deeply grateful. And you can access more of my content at simontransparently.com. This is our time to rise.